Welcome to the Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. This podcast is presented by the Swampscott Public Library. Welcome back to the Librarians by the Sea podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. And we are only mildly sweaty today. Just mildly. <laughs> Thankfully, it's air conditioned in here. It is pretty hot out today. It's disgusting. Yeah. Are you a summer person? No, absolutely not. Me I am neither. hard winter person. Fall, winter. Awful. It's going to be like, what, in the 90s the rest of the week? Oh, yeah. It's just, it's not going to dip below like 85 for a while, I think. Lovely. But if you are hot, you can use the library as a cooling center. That's true. We have air conditioning and water bottles for anyone who wants to beat the heat, which is all of us, I'm assuming. (laughs) And I also believe that the senior center is a cooling center, too. Yes, they are. Yeah, so definitely, if you are hot, please get out of the heat come to the library or, you know, go to the senior center. Get out of the sun. Drink lots of water. Hydrate. It's important. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> and this weather really is a perfect time to just sit inside and read. It is. It is the perfect time to just chill out, get a fan on. Howl around your air conditioning unit. <laughs> Take an ice pack. Oh, I love a good ice pack at I love night. A good ice pack. And what I love to use my ice pack just to have it on my back, sit back on the couch and uh, read some books like, uh, oh, I, so last week I talked about, I started to read The Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. I had started to read it at the same time that I was reading. um, Oh, what was I reading? It was, oh, geez. I've already forgotten. It was good. I enjoyed it. Hold on. I got to pull it up. Was it the other romance book? Yeah, it was the other romance book. It was, oh, it was by Mia Sosa. I'm trying to think of the title. It was, oh, it was The Worst Best Man. Oh, that's right. I wanted to say it was Wedding Crashers. That's her other book that I haven't read yet. Like the movie? Or they no, two separate things? Or no, it's called like The Wedding Crasher, oh, I no. think. <laughs> Sorry. That's the same. Mia Sosa Wedding Crashers. Sorry, Miss Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was the worst best man. And like, I don't know. I feel like I have this love-hate relationship with like these romance novels. Like mm-hmm. when I'm in it and I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. Like this would never happen in real life. But by the time it gets to the end, and I'm like, oh, I love them. They're together. Yay. Love is real. Love is real. Uh, yeah, but I, I really, I like the end. I think like there's some dicey parts. This woman, I think I talked about it last week, but like her future brother-in-law breaks up the wedding between her and her fiance. And then later she has to work with him. And then of course they like fall in love and stay together, but I can, they bring it up. Like, what are you going to do for holidays? Oh like, yeah. I cannot imagine. What a nightmare. I just, it just sounds awful. Even if you're amicable, like Absolutely not. Like, is that person going to be like the godfather to some of your children someday? Uh, like, here's, here's Uncle John. He used to be my fiance. <laughs> he was almost your dad. He could have been your dad. That's not weird, right? But anyway, I did really like the book. Mm-hmm. And then, but because I was like reading that, and then I started this, I think the Spanish love deception actually might be better 
I'm not just, that was just like the vibe I was getting, but I, I just had, I just needed a breather. I needed a palate cleanser. So I started, I was, so that, so the Spanish love deception, I actually had the book and I started to read it. Um, and then I had to put it down. So it's, it, I think it's available for checkout now. Oh, it might be. I forget if a hold was picked up when I checked it in. But um, so I started to listen to Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmer. I'm not sure if it's Kimmer or Kimmer, like like Federer. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's spelled the second way, but it is. Yeah. It's got the two ERs at the end. And she is a Potawatomi woman. She's a botanist and a professor. And um, she wrote this book where she focuses on indigenous stories and teachings of nature and how they can coexist and help scientists understand nature. It's honestly just such a nice book. And it's actually her reading it. And in the Libby description, it says, the central argument is the awakening of a wider ecological consciousness requires the acknowledgement and celebration of our reciprocal relationship with the world. Once we begin to listen for the languages of other beings, we can begin to understand the innumerable life-giving gifts the world provides us and learns to offer our thanks our care and our gifts in return. And I think what's nice about it is that a lot of times when we talk about climate change and the environment, a lot of it is centered on like how humans are bad for the planet and how we don't really offer anything. And this sort of flips it and says, no, like we definitely do. Like we definitely offer like a lot of benefits to how plants can be dispersed and grown and like continue on that evolution of the plants because everything I think everything that's alive in this world like it's sort of its goal is to like reproduce and go like all like the animals and the plants and I guess people too for the most part depending on what your (laughs) desires are for your life and it sort of it also illustrates like I just like how it also illustrates how if we're not overdoing it we can have a lot of benefits to the earth Oh, so it's like balance. It's balance. It's all about balance. I love that. That I, sounds beautiful. It's really good. Honest, and she's such a good storyteller. Her voice is just, it's really soothing, even on double speed, which is how I listen to all my books. Okay. <laughs> even on, and sometimes I can be a little jarring. Every once in a while, I gotta like slow it down just a smidge. It's like, mm, this is, this sounds bad. <laughs> a lot of information at once. <laughs> it does. But um, I have her on double speed and it's still very soothing, a very wonderful read. And even this morning, because it is so hot, I have to wake up at like 6 a.m. to take my dogs on a long walk because they do not get walked for them. I let them outside in the back, of course. <laughs> but like, I like can't get them for a walk except for like, we'll take like a short one after the sun goes down because like, it's just too hot. And I've got two wild, <laughs> loving, sweet babies. Angels, they deserve the best. They do. They deserve air conditioning. They do deserve it. <laughs> I know. I've got one old air unit that's probably so bad for the environment that's like <laughs> in my wall I, and it's built in. And I swear it's like, it's like from the eighties. I should <laughs> probably replace it soon. <laughs> it's expensive. It's, Wait for fall. It's big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, or anyway, I digress, but like I was listening to the book while I was walking them. And, um, there's like a bike path that goes from like Lynn and then it goes all the way down to Everett. And it's just so beautiful because it goes along the Saugus river and all like little wetland areas around there. And it was just so the sun was coming in this morning. I've got my big, I'm covered in sunscreen. I'm long sleeve shirt and my big like sun hat. walking my dogs. And it was just listening to her talk about nature and walking through like a beautiful morning before it got too hot. 
And it was just so peaceful. It was a really nice way to start my day. Sounds very soothing. So it was. So I, I highly recommend Braiding Sweetgrass um, by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Yeah. Sounds like a great thing to read now, especially. Yeah, it really is. So what are you reading? I just got the third volume of Heaven Officials Blessing, also known as TGCF. It's a Chinese novel. Um, I ordered it for the library. It hasn't come in just yet. Or maybe it has, but it has to be processed. But my personal copy came in. Haha. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. It is, like I said, it was a Chinese web novel first. The author is, I'm very sorry. I don't think I can pronounce her name. Everyone calls her MXTX because it's the initials. She published it online. Some very lovely fans translated it into different languages, including English, thankfully. So I was able to read it there for the first time in 2020. Um, it got public, picked up by, a, I believe, Taiwanese publisher was the first one to get to it in a physical copy. And I had to tell myself, don't buy a book you can't read. Don't buy a book you can't read. <laughs> I'm like, if it comes out in English, then I'll buy it. And once you know it, Seven Seas picked it up and published it in English. And I was very happy. And I also ordered it for our teen section because it's a very good series. So it's about Xi Lian is a former crown prince, current disgraced god. I believe the religious system is something based on Taoism. But I don't know, because I don't know that much about Taoism, how much is actual religious practices and how much is like fantasy exaggeration. I believe it's based on Taoism. So he's been banished twice from heaven and has now ascended for a third time. Same. Yeah, same. same. (laughs) Disgraced. (laughs) Awful. (laughs) After 800 years in the mortal realm. Nightmare. Can, oh my can't, God. can't live it. Can't I'm probably going to get to be like 90 and that's too long. It's a long time. It's a long time in the mortal realm. It's a long time to be a slave to capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of, when the first thing that happens when he ascends to heaven for the third time is he racks up debt because he, what? his ascension. Is that the point? Yeah, you would think it's to escape, but as it turns out, heaven is just another system of like political, social climbing hierarchy. Oh Sounds like a nightmare. Um, which is why he wants to spend so much time in the mortal realm now that he has ascended for the third time. So he racks up debt. He has to pay his debts off. And the currency to gods is, they call it merits. And I believe it's like prayers and like incense sticks. So in the temples, they light an incense stick to say a prayer and that counts as currency. So the more followers. Okay, so the more people who follow you, the wealthier you are, essentially. And equals then the more powerful you are. Okay. So as you can imagine... This leads to some problems of uh, corruption (laughs) when your whole system of helping people is based off of getting something out of it. Okay. It's very interesting. Like I said, I don't know how much this is like actual (laughs) beliefs. I believe most of it is just fantasy. But what seemed on its surface as a very simple romance adventure became way more complicated as the series went on as it talks about corruption and power struggles and what it means to like actually want to help people. So Xilian is now helping people to get followers to pay off his debts. Um, But also he's just a genuinely nice person and he will go out of his way to help people even at the detriment to himself, which has gotten him in trouble often. He has terrible luck. He spent 800 years basically just suffering, Um, which is great. And along the way, he runs into old people he used to know that he wouldn't really call friends anymore and enemies. And also Hua Chung, the infamous ghost king, who has, for some reason, taken an interest in him. And their paths cross a few times. So the entire series is just different adventures Jilin goes on to help people, while also this like through line of something's going on 
in the heavens that we're not sure what it is, but something's not right. And he's unraveling that as the series goes along too. It's an adventure. It's got like folklore, fantasy elements. It has an amazing romance. I loved it. It's just a very fun series. Highly recommend. Not a lot of people are reading it. Seven Seas has rated it older teens, so 17 plus. Mm -hmm. Still YA, but, uh, you know, just check. There's some, like, intense fantasy violence at some parts. Okay. But it's a lot of fun. It's also very funny because Sheila, like I said, is, what, like, 900 years old at this point? And Mm -hmm. he's just so over it. (laughs) He's over it. He doesn't care. His inner monologue is so funny because he's just, he's like, okay. People will insult him to his face because he's a disgraced God. He's like, cool. Yep. That sounds about right. (laughs) And he'll move on. He's very sarcastic. It's great. I love it. Yeah. That sounds great. I might actually read it. Highly recommend. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. And for our next segment, we are going to do something that a lot of book talkers are doing right now. Yes. I saw this trend and I wanted us to do it. Uh, It is books that we could read for the first time again so like if you could like wipe your brain and like read something that you've read before but it's like you don't remember yes just because the titles people were using were books I would sell my soul to read again for the first time (laughs) which I was like yeah yes yes so if you could go it completely fresh not knowing anything all right and so we each picked three three and looks like we both cheated Okay. With the fourth one. I saw in your notes. I'm going to add one too. Uh, so the first book that I chose is actually a series. I chose the Artemis Fowl series by Ewan Coffer. And specifically, I'd like just to read the first three and then stop. Yeah. The first three Artemis Fowl books are chef's kiss perfection. They're so fun. I love that Artemis is like, a villain, but he's a complex kid who just wants to like save his family, but also like just (laughs) kidnap people, I guess. He's morally gray. He is very morally gray. Definitely like on the darker gray end of things, especially in the first book. But like, as it goes on, it gets, he gets like, I don't know, better. He, he like makes friends. He's like a rich kid who's a little bit isolated, (laughs) who then realizes that other people have feelings. Yeah. I do like this series because to my memory, he's one of the first actually morally gray characters I read. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I definitely would say so. Especially the third book, like at the end of the third book, I am sobbing (laughs) in tears in my mother could not console me after the end of that third book. And I didn't think there were going to be any more because it was perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. The ending of the third book is perfect. And actually, I think that the third book might be my favorite. It's one of those series that I like each book for its own specific, like its own specific stuff. Like I like the first book because I love how Artemis Fowl is the straight up villain of that series. But also there's parts where you feel really bad for him. And I love all the introductions to everybody. And I love learning about the magic system. It's just so good. And then the second book is like a rescue mission but it's also like it's a rescue mission on one end but on the other end like (laughs) people need to be rescued out right (laughs) because there's like mayhem going on in like the fairy world and so like I love like some of those Foley sections of the chapters I would sometimes skip to just to see what happened because Foley was my favorite character Oh, good pick. And then the third book, the third book I want to say is like a heist. It's heisty. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And the ending is just absolutely devastatingly perfect. And it was per- And like, 
of course that's what would happen because he's about to become an adult soon like that's what would happen right that made sense it made sense i'm just picturing do you ever see those tiktok videos where it's like my child is completely fine <laughs> cuts to the kid doing something i'm just picturing that like your mother my child is completely fine <laughs> sobbing <laughs> <laughs> just clutching all three <laughs> it's fine it's all it's good fine. <laughs> it's beautiful yeah. yeah no it wrapped up i mean this is I don't, you've probably seen this over and over again books that should have been trilogies that then either yeah. the publisher or the author is like i could make more money off of this yeah and like the, i think there's many there's many there's like 10 of them there's yeah i want to say either seven or ten yeah there's a whole bunch and like the net the fourth one i did read the fourth one the opal of deception i was like wow this is literal garbage yeah that's is that the first time opal got introduced as a kid no because she was oh spoilers <laughs> spoilers she was she was in the second book oh that's right she was in the second book i didn't like her no in the fourth one no she wasn't a good Okay, spoilers. spoilers. It's an old series. <laughs> this book has been out for like 15 years. Plus the title, you get. Yeah. yeah uh, like, she was not a good villain. She wasn't a good villain. She was annoying. And she wasn't complex. She was annoying in this. Was she the villain in the second book too? I can't remember now. I can't remember. I Maybe I could like reread them with fresh <laughs> eyes. <laughs> the first three, go ahead. <laughs> I did read the, start to read the fifth one, the Guardian book. I for, It was like the last, the Lost Colony or yeah i want to say the last colony and it was like that was i could not i couldn't even finish it it was so bad let me tell you i read the entire series (laughs) did you really i did i was fully invested in the arms battle series and the ending of the last book was very lackluster really it just what it was kind of like okay we're doing this okay what happens do you want to cut this out yeah i'm gonna cut it out sorry people anyway (sighs) and we're back and we're back Spoiler cut. <laughs> I'm just really frustrated now from hearing how it ends. This will be in the exclusive version. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sarah, what is your first book? My first book is a relatively new one. I think I just read it a few months ago. Um, House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland. Have you read this one? No. Oh, it's really cool. It's like a dark fairy tale kind of contemporary fantasy book. Urban fantasy. It sounds like I would love it. I think you would love it. It is about... Three sisters, Iris, Vivian, Gray, who as children were kidnapped, I think for three weeks. Um, and then they come back and they claim that they don't remember anything that happened. They were children. So that's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I think Gray, the oldest, was eight, maybe. Mm. Um, but when they come back, they're like a little bit weird. They have like this, their hair and eye color change, and they have this never ending hunger, and things are just odd. But now we're fast forward. Iris, the youngest, is 17. Um, and her sister Gray has gone missing again. So now her and Vivi have to try and find her and figure out what happened. It sounds like they have a lot of trauma. They got a lot of trauma, a lot of PTSD. Um, so she has to find her sister while also trying to unravel what happened to her and her sisters when they were younger. She flat out does not remember and neither does her middle sister Vivi. So they're trying to do this while finding Gray and also while being stalked by a monster. Of course, of course, of course, of course. It's the reason. So just to be clear, this book, this segment, it's not just books we love. It's books we would want to reread again. Because there's mm. a lot of books I love that I don't want to erase the first time I read it. 
or I don't think it would be better not knowing it being again. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. This one, it was just so wild and unexpected. Like I thought I knew where it was going the whole time. And then I just didn't. And it kept getting more and more creatively different that I just want to experience that again. Okay. I want to experience unraveling the mystery and having my expectations completely overturned and not knowing where this book was going. Because the reveal at the end, I had I was listening to it. Great audiobook, by the way. Put my phone down, I'm like, all right. Beautiful. Nobody write. <laughs> nobody write anything else. This was great. <laughs> so good. Highly recommend. By the way. Okay. I definitely will read that. Highly recommend. It's so. It's such a like a dark, gritty fantasy without being like an author trying to be edgy. Okay. I'm gonna add that to my Libby right now. I want more people to read this. I got Janina to add it to the Young at Hearts book club. Oh. <laughs> just so I could force more people to read it. <laughs> I'm not even in that group. I just want more people to read it. What is it called? It's called House of Hollow. It also takes place in London. So the audiobook uh, narrator has an English accent, which is fun. Anyway, so what is your second book? Okay. (laughs) I really would like to (laughs) reread. All right. I would like to wipe from my brain and reread Streganona by Tommy DiPaolo, right? Uh, Yeah. I want to say yes. Paola. Paola, sorry. Tommy DiPaola. Specifically, I'd actually like to not only wipe my brain, but travel back in time to be a child and sit in story time and listen to that book. Uh, Because I do feel like it has shaped me a lot as an adult. (laughs) Just really love pasta now. Well, I just specifically, I'd like to be like the village witch who people come to for pasta. Okay, yes, 100%. Like, I just would like to live by myself and make pasta. And like have people come to me with their ailments and then I feed them from my garden and they're cured. What does it say about our generation that now our, <laughs> our job aspirations are village with? <laughs> because also same, <laughs> I just want to live in a cottage. I really, my sister and I, we talk about like, we just want to be like the ants from Practical Magic. I've never seen it, but okay. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> It's, it's uh it's stockard um oh she played rizzo in greece channing stockard channing stockard thank you yes. and then i forget who the other aunt was played by but yeah that's what my sister and i want to grow up to be someday <laughs> uh what do you want to be when you're grown up <laughs> i want to be a witch from practical magic <laughs> Which remind me, have you ever seen kiki's delivery service of course I've, that's like okay. the only one of um I forget what the direct, Ghibli. yeah, the oh, Ghibli yeah. movies I've yeah, ever exactly. seen. Yeah. Okay. We we're going to fix that. So don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I just want to do what her mother did, which is have a little cottage in the countryside and make potions. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> be Streganona. <laughs> I'd like to be Streganona. <laughs> this is really what it is. It's not that I even want to wipe my brain. I just want to be Streganona, but I want to like go back and like be like a little cozy with my blanket and story time in kindergarten and just. Listen to Streganona again. Did you have this book as a kid or did you? I think, I don't think I ever had it as a kid. It was just like in story time. And then like, it was just one of my favorites. It's such a comforting book. It really is. My grandmother had all of the Tommy Day Paola (laughs) books. Um, They're all so lovely. Mm -hmm. Are they all about Streganona or they're different ones? There are different ones. Okay. But they're all just so sweet and comforting and gentle. Just let me be a kid again. (laughs) I just don't want to have responsibilities. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Oh, and what is your next one? My next book is Watership Down by Richard Adams. Have you read this one? I haven't. It was always on my list, but I never actually read it. I think I even had that book. Okay. 
It is good. I've seen the movie and read, but I read the book first. Um, did not read it as a child, read it as an adult. And it's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is about the rabbits. I'm, if you haven't heard. I think I have seen clips of like the old cartoon. Yeah. I think they made a new one. They did. It's not good. It's not. It's got, um, it's got John Boyega in it. Who? He played Finn in Star oh, Wars, okay. the sequel trilogy. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, the book is really beautiful. And the original cartoon is the new movie. First of all, it's CG, which I don't really love. Uh, second of all, it's they change things that I just didn't like. They don't make it brutal rabbit murder. Well, they definitely toned that down <laughs> and they added a romance. And I was just like, OK, all right, we're doing this. Um, not as good as the book. The book is about a group of rabbits. Her, I don't know. They're called group of rabbits um, that have to leave their burrow because of humans. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> common theme, environmentalism. So they are going on an expedition to find a new place to live, which for rabbits, as you can imagine, is very harrowing. They're small creatures. So they, you know, it's different adventures within that main adventure. But also to pass the time, they have a storyteller who tells stories about their own like folklore and things like that. It's just so well done. And the prose is beautiful. And I think some people don't read it because they assume it's for children. Mm-hmm. Because rabbits, talking rabbits, it's for any age, 100% any age. It's like philosophical and it has real world like applications. I cannot recommend this book enough. And I just want to read it in a field <laughs> on a spring day. Because I don't remember the first time, like what I was doing when I read the book for the first time. I did read the second book of short stories, which is just Tales from Watership Down um, during quarantine. So just on my back patio in the spring air. <laughs> and that amongst the horribleness was very lovely. And I kind of just want to do that with the original again. Mm-hmm. What is your third choice? Oh, it's Matilda by by Roald Dahl. Another solid pick. I know. And I just, so like, I just loved Matilda so much. Sorry if anyone can hear that. My stomach is growling because <laughs> I left my lunch at home. Oh. And it had my breakfast apple in it. It's unfortunate. All right. Anyway. So I'd like to read Matilda again. It was just such an important book to me. Um, Cause like, especially because it was like one of the first books that like, I really sat down to like read because I am actually very dyslexic. I have this decoding issue and like, it was just very hard for me to learn how to read as a kid. I probably got to about third grade and I couldn't, mm. but I was like just hiding it really well. But once you get to third grade, like it's, it's hard to hide it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that was like, after like, I got the help I needed, like I started to read that book and it was just really important to me. And although I did watch the movie before, um, I read the book, but it just, it just hits a little differently. Like when I could read Matilda, (laughs) which I feel like is, although I love the Mar Wilson, Danny DeVito movie, um, that movie is absolute perfection, but like, it just hits different when you have the character who loves reading and you're reading her. Oh, and I just yeah. wanted to be, I just wanted, I was so happy that I could finally read that. I literally just read all the time. That's really cool. Yeah. Like I was just, it just, I think Matilda also shaped my personality. I think all th- the running theme of all these <laughs> books is that these are characters who have shaped me as a person. I love my morally gray characters. I love my, 
smart reading characters and I love my <laughs> cottage witch people. <laughs> All three I strive the for. Three aspects of your personality. <laughs> three aspects of my personality. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Just to have that comforting book again. Yeah. Be nice. just to, I think that is it. I think I just want that fresh blanket of comfort to like start over again. You know, like I think that it would be nice. I would say your theme is also books that are just fun to read. I would say that too. Yeah. I don't have anything with like a crazy twist in it or anything. that's like a really heavy. Yeah. I don't either. No, like really heavy. This is going to be a dour subject. Except for the third Artemis Fowl book. Okay. It's, just, for that. it's just emotionally heavy. <laughs> it's emotion, but in like a cathartic way. It was. It was. Not in a, my life is devastated. That's true. Um, but yeah, I guess I didn't really, int- I thought it would come up with something crazy, but I guess not. I think that is the theme for this tag or this trend anyway is just mm-hmm. I mean I guess sometimes it's crazy twists but also just I want to relive the feeling of happiness <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like a simple kid happiness it is I really think that it that is what it boils down to yeah that mm-hmm. makes sense what is your third one well my third book actually is a little bit crazy but <laughs> my third book is this is how you lose the time war by Amel L. Motar and Max Gladstone apologies if I mispronounced that very interesting book I love this book. I, love this book. I also read this over quarantine and it ended up being one of my favorite books that year. I saw that you wrote it and I was like, I should have written that. <laughs> we can both talk about this because <laughs> it's so good. It's very small. It's only like what? A little bit over 200 mm-hmm. pages. Weird, creative. It's experimental, but not in a way that's gimmicky, which really stood out to me. It's about these two opposing agents in a time war, red and blue, one is like the technology side and one is like the nature side. That's very simplified, but essentially. And it's about their correspondence over time mm-hmm. as they're doing what they need to do for their side of the war. They like leave quote unquote letters, interesting ways to talk to each other. And their like relationship towards each other develops over the course of who knows how yeah, much time. Like thousands of years. Time means nothing in, to them because they're outside of it. It's so interesting. It was very confusing at first, mm-hmm. for me anyway, because I had no idea what was going on. This book throws you right into it. It does not hold your hand through it. But it's just so fun to untangle it. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the end, it's like, it's one of those books that once you read the end, you're like, do I need to reread this immediately? The answer is yes. <laughs> Oh, it's just, and the, the prose in it is so beautiful. It is. It's very clearly two authors that were not just like, I'm going to write a weird book because I know it'll grab people's attention. It's, I'm going to write something interesting that I find interesting. And it's going to be like a love letter to language. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's really good. He also managed to include like pop culture references without being, there's like no outdatedness because there is no time in the book. Yeah. It's just... Anytime. Anytime. So Anytime. Pop culture references from like 2010 and also like 1870. <laughs> so cool. I remember I read that book. I was listening to it. I think I, that was one of the books I had to slow down. Oh yeah. I couldn't read. I couldn't listen to it on double speed. I think I just did it. I listened to it within a day or two. It was during quarantine. And like, I was, I guess we, it was when we first started to come back to the library and the library wasn't open, but we were coming in and like trying to do stuff. And like, I remember I was like shelving or weeding or something. And like, I just like did that for six hours <laughs> and I listened to it. <laughs> Great time to do it. Yeah. Get it all at once. Yeah. If I could go back and I could read, listen to it without remembering. Yeah. Although there's probably parts that I don't, cause I just, cause I binged it. I could probably listen to it again and it'd be fresh. Okay. Let's just both do it right okay. now. 
Bye. Bye. <laughs> End of podcast. Spend my night doing this. All right. Okay. And so I cheated. <laughs> I added a fourth thing, even though we said two to three. <laughs> and also this is not a book. <laughs> uh, I added, I would love to go back and rewatch Avatar The Last Airbender. Solid choice. It's such a good series. It's per- like the perfect series. It's literally perfect. It's my one of my favorite shows. It's just the ending is just so good. And like, oh my God, just like the character development. Whenever like I watch something, like, and I watch like a character who has to go from bad to good, I rate it on, is it trash or is it Zuko? 100% yes. Like, all right. I know. <laughs> I love Star Wars, shockingly. <laughs> and like the way they did Kylo Ren, I was like, why didn't they just do Zuko? Like, I wouldn't, like, if you could copy paste Zuko's storyline, and I wouldn't even be mad. Because it's just that good. Yeah, and I mean, a little bit different, because his parents are good, but, like, you could have done it, like, a similar setup. You even got Dave Finoli working in Star Wars, with no involvement in the storytelling, and it shows. (laughs) (laughs) And it's clear. (laughs) Like, it's just so good. So Zuko is just such a good character. It's perfect. Like, that scene when him and Iroh reunite in season three, I still, it's been, what has it been? Don't, don't say a number. Has it been like 17 years or something like that? It can't be 17 years. I'm 30. So those finished, when, when did season three end? Yeah, we have to look up now. Um, now I have to look up. It might not be 17. Hold on. I want to say I specifically remember watching the last four-part series at my grandmother's house over the summer. Like, there was a countdown on Nickelodeon to when the series finale mm-hmm. was going to be on, and all my cousins and I watched it together. That's why I didn't pick this as my one erase, because I don't want to erase those memories, but otherwise, yes. Okay. The series finale happened on July 19th, 2008. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't do this to me. So actually almost, almost a year, a little over, a little over a year, <laughs> Just a little know. over uh, a decade, a decade, more than that. Yeah. 14 years. Yeah. 14 years. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Oh God. my God. <laughs> uh, wow. I was 10. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just I have never watched anything that I liked as much. No, it's and I like a lot of stuff. I like like all those animated shows. I love the I loved you know what I really liked? I really like new DuckTales. Oh yeah. It was actually really good. <laughs> I've literally gone through that series twice. I still have to watch it. The animation looks adorable. It's really good. It's yeah. really I honestly love it. Okay. Manage my list. <laughs> the only thing that I think rivals my love of Avatar The Last Airbender is um, Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Which is a great show. <laughs> both great. They're both great. I mean, definitely Avatar is better. Avatar is so much better. Everyone after this has tried to do the redemption arc. And I just don't think, I can't think of any example where it was done as well. I know. Because I think people miss the point of what makes the redemption arc of Zuko so well done. It's that he had to work over two seasons yeah. to redeem himself. It was not just... The last four episodes, he said sorry, and then they bounced and defeated the Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, God, start to finish perfect series. 
And I really feel like, and I know we just talk about Zuko. There are other things that are better, that are really good about Avatar The Last Airbender. I think Aang's struggle with his personal beliefs versus like what society is telling him he needs to do. And just Katara's entire like character. I I would say Katara does grow as a character, but her growth is really like her powers. Yeah. I feel like it's centered around that a lot. Cause like, there's like a great meme where it's like, I don't even, it's not even a meme. It's just like a Avatar Last Airbender like comparison thing. And it's like season one and she's just holding up the rain and like a little umbrella situation. And then it's like in season three, it's like she has completely stopped all the rain midair. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, every character gets development. The animation is beautiful. It's like a good blend of comedy and seriousness. Mm-hmm. The scene in the very beginning, I mean, the way it talks about genocide is really well done for a kid series. Yeah. There's there's also a meme of it's like watching like a show about genocide and like abused children and like all this stuff. And it's like me sitting on the couch at eight years old. It's <laughs> just like a little kid. I want to see Aang do that thing with air again. <laughs> yeah. It's such, I recommend that show to literally everybody. Everybody should watch it. Mm-hmm. It is not overrated. It's just a great show. Mm-hmm. And I love how they show like the Fire Nation, like how they think they're the heroes of their story. Okay. It's just such me. a good thing about like showing about propaganda and that stuff. It's like the eerie comparisons to stuff we do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, very interesting in the third season. Also the way they show that it's not just a lot of kids shows will make them just oh they're just evil like every Mm -hmm. single person is just evil no show like well no they're benefiting from colonialism Mm -hmm. which is ignorant but they don't know fully like the effects of what's happening and they believe like zuko up to the end until he changes fully believes he's doing the right thing yeah because that's what he's been told his entire life and he's 16 Mm-hmm. So watching somebody like unlearn incorrect information in real time. Uh, I love when men unlearn <laughs> incorrect information. Or I guess anybody. I love when anybody learns <laughs> incorrect, unlearns incorrect information. Yeah, it's so it's so satisfying. Oh, it's yeah. Chef kiss. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> anyway, what's your what's your cheat? Okay, because I saw you cheated. I added a cheat too. I would love to rewatch Infinity Train, which I well, I was between this and over the garden wall, but also Ultimately, I don't want to erase my memories of Over the Garden Wall. I watch it every fall because it's beautiful. Highly recommend. I have never seen either of these. I feel like I've heard of Over the Garden Wall, but I've never actually seen it. If you like the Cottage Witch fall vibe, highly recommend watching Over the Garden Wall in October. It's like a short mini series that was on Cartoon Network, and it's very interesting and It's very well done, but I liked my memories of that. So I want to rewatch Infinity Train, which I pitched to my friends who love Over the Garden Wall as that, but sci-fi. Okay. Because Over the Garden Wall is like a fantasy. We're going through the woods. These two boys are lost in the woods. are trying to get home vibe Mm -hmm. with a bunch of weird stuff happening. Infinity Train is the first season anyway. Girl gets on a train to, she runs away from home. She's trying to get somewhere. She gets on a train that's like, oh, just happens to be going where she is. And she ends up on an infinity train. So each train car is like an entire world. And she's trying to make her way down the train to get to the conductor, but it's an infinity train. Like there's endless cars. Oh. And there's like a mystery element because there's a glowing number on her hand and she doesn't know what that means. She doesn't know how to get home. So it's they're both like journeys to get home through an unknown place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that over the garden wall was fantasy and infinity train is like a sci-fi vibe. Both. Absolutely beautiful animation, 
beautiful character development, beautiful soundtrack. I listen to those soundtracks uh, all the time. The only difference being Over the Garden Wall finished and Infinity Chain was canceled in the fourth season (laughs) because they didn't think it appealed to kids enough. And here I am 20, when I was watching it, 22, being like, well, it appeals to me. (laughs) Wait, hang on a second. (laughs) Uh, If somebody could pick that back up, that'd be great because it's so beautiful. (laughs) Each season is a different, it follows a different character. Oh, okay. Three seasons, four seasons. I just said four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Highly recommend both those things. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Going into our next segment, library events. Coming up at the Swampscott Public Library. I think we got some teen stuff coming up. We do have some teen stuff coming up. So next week, July 26th at 3 p.m., we're going to have our next meeting of the Anime Club. We're going to be making like origami corner bookmarks, mm-hmm. like making after anime characters. Um, and we're going to be watching episode two of another, which is a horror anime. We also have on Thursday, July 28th at 4 p.m., our next meeting of the Kinsey Nights, which is our teen LGBTQIA club. Um, we're going to, you know, do some crafts and talk and plan future meetings. Both of those things are for 7th to 12th grade. Awesome. And coming up in the children's room, we have the rubber duck hunt. That'll be at 10 a.m. on July 27th. And then on August 3rd, we are going to have our end of summer bubble bash. <laughs> So look out for those things. And then coming up in August, we've got a couple of things. On Thursday, August 11th at 6 p.m., Maura Cronin will be coming in to present her Girl Scout Gold Award, SMART. It's a program focusing on raising self-confidence in young girls and how to recognize how social media can negatively impact them. The presentation is aimed at 9 to 13-year-old girls, but everyone was welcome. I know she worked really hard on it. This seems very interesting. And then coming up on Wednesday, August 3rd at 7 p.m., we have Hunt a Killer Camp Calamity. So summer camp kicks off with a scream. Can you solve this murder? We will be solving the camp mystery as a team. Follow the clues and use your brain to solve the crime. All ages welcome. That sounds very exciting. You love a murder mystery. Don't miss out on that. All right. And I think that wraps up everything. I think so. How's summer reading going? Pretty well. Oh, you can still sign up. We, I'm going to do raffle drawings at the end of August. We have an anime bundle, an art bundle, and Top Seal Fair tickets up for grabs. So get your tickets in now. You know, I have never been to the Top Seal Fair. Me neither. <laughs> We're also not from here. No, we aren't. <laughs> I've heard good things, though. So it should be good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and keep reading. Bye, guys. All right, my back's hurting from crouching in this <laughs> in this blanket fort. Let's knock down our fort. <laughs>